Coming up today on the Power to Pivot podcast, I am talking with Kim Wilkerson, author of the metaphorical young adult children's book, Kingdom of Grace. The story introduces two queens and one lonely king exploring spirituality, abundance, and the quest to leaving our comfort zones. Kim shares her journey as an author, as a single mom, talks about her own path through life as feeling beaten down by the world, realizing that she needed to figure some things out for herself to find her way back. We talk about depression, about overcoming fear, social media, learning from our kids, and the pivotal message for me, which was don't be afraid to be pushed out. All of this coming up and more on today's episode of the Power to Pivot podcast. Are you ready? Let's get started. At any given moment, every single one of us has the power to choose again. Oftentimes, it's that nasty four-letter word fear that holds us back from making new choices that can put us on a new path in life. Here on the Power to Pivot podcast, I'm talking with others who've made the choice to push fear aside, pivoting in their own lives. You're going to hear from artists, creatives, entrepreneurs, coaches, those with an empowering message to share with the world, and those looking to create positive progress in the world. I'm your host, Elizabeth Miles, founder of March 4th Media Company, and as someone who knows firsthand how strong fear can push us down, I also know that there is always a way back. This is the show to help you do just that, sharing conversations, resources, and fresh ideas that inspire you to choose again, pivot away from fear, and move towards your own goals and dreams for your life, putting you on the path to your own personal freedom. Welcome to the Power to Pivot podcast. Are you ready? It is time to pivot. All right, guys, thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Power to Pivot podcast. I am joined today by author Kimberly Wilkerson. Kimberly, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you for asking. Your book is The Kingdom of Grace. Tell us a little bit about it. So I wrote The Kingdom of Grace um, during a very uh, big moment in my life of huge change. And um, it is basically about a kingdom, two kingdoms that are suffering from a drought and they need to overcome adversity. They need to be able to help provide for their kingdoms and figure out how to um, best move forward um, in times of tribulation. So nice. What, What inspired you to write it? Where did the story come from? In me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Honestly, like it's a God thing. (laughs) Um, I had been severely depressed and had undergone several surgeries for several years and was bed bound for much of that time. And I had felt just beaten down by this world. And, um, I needed to get out of it and figure that out. And I think, so there's a lot of me in the book itself. Um, 
learning how to kind of rewrite our story whenever we need or want to. Ooh, key words there, whenever you need or want to. Mm -hmm. Wow. So how, what, what kind of steps did you take? So I, I relate to that feeling of beaten down, you know, the world kind of pinned you down and you're like, what the heck do I do next? You know, how, how, one, how did I get here? And two, how do I get out? So right. you, you found your way out through writing. Um, what other, what else did you figure out along the way? It helped me realize who I was already. Um, it's funny because I, I had, a, a, you know, an uff, a rough upbringing. I had been surrounded by a lot of things that were not pretty. And writing and journaling were some of my uh, escapes. And not only escapes, but therapy to kind of um, catapult me into another direction, mm -hmm. to be able to let go of all those feelings, to be able to process them for myself and then move forward in a, in a healthier way. So it really kept me healthy. And I honestly had worked so much of my life since then just focused on work and I, I kind of became a workaholic I, I guess you could say and I had a child and so that you know takes time and so between those two things I really wasn't given to myself at all and part of that is where the crashing started to come down from burnout um, and the other part was I had forgotten that we need self-care. We need to put back into ourselves and know who we are and not, not neglect that completely. Because if you, if you don't even know who you are anymore, then it's time to take a look and, and figure it out. Mm -hmm. What was that moment like for you? when you're sitting there and you're like, I don't know who I am. Like, were you, was there a moment where you felt more defeated or was that an empowering moment when you're like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna power through? I think it goes back and forth, but more power through just because that is who I am. That is who I've always been. There's been so many different circumstances that have um, come up in my life that truly should not have worked out in my favor absolutely not like I've been too close to the edge to have it you know be blessed and God kept me alive for a reason and I just keep that knowledge embedded inside of me and that's what keeps pushing me through some people call it the holy spirit comes over you and you just kind of power through you know i mean i think that whatever you need to call it it's there for a reason and mm -hmm. you just call it in mm -hmm. is there an example that you are comfortable sharing that to give us some context oh if well, not it's okay <laughs> i i've <laughs> since since um 
young, uh, not even young adulthood, like before as a teenager, you know, like there were some really traumatic things that occurred in my life. Um, I, I was raped at 14. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, so some like really deep things that they, you know, take time and, and, and therapy and, and God and whatever, um, you know, a community or surrounding you to, to kind of help you um, know that you're worthy of, of better than what you've been given. Um, there were many times throughout my life that, you know, I, I speak of like karma and things like that. And to be honest with you, I think that's a really hard thing to let go of um, in terms of how some people view karma mm -hmm. and how they assume that if something has been brought to you, it's because you earned it in some lifetime, maybe now or before or whatnot. Mm -hmm. And I gotta tell you, that is a messed up mindset. <laughs> right. <laughs> Is, the horrible know? things in the world you caused it in some other lifetime and now you're being punished now and so please <laughs> don't believe that like <laughs> don't like but when you are so down on yourself and when you know you feel defeated like you will believe things that are just crazy <laughs> so you know yeah i just hope that nobody is sitting in that mindset right now i think you bring up an important point because when you're when you're in the mindset of feeling bad or depressed or or sadness it's easier to blame yourself yes and good person <laughs> yeah it doesn't matter where you are what has happened i feel like it's just gonna happen that you're gonna you're gonna go down that road of of self-blame and shame and self-judgment right i mean yeah i think that people you know, especially when they've been, you know, raised to be good people, you don't, you treat others the way you want to be treated, but you usually treat others better than yourself sometimes mm -hmm. and um, look for the good in others and that sort of thing. And so it's really easy to give other people the benefit that it had doubt and then you end up holding the, the grunt of things and it, um, it's really difficult to find that balance when you when you see things in that in that light so writing it sounds like writing was for you originally like it sounds like you had always written maybe journaled i did since i was really young and i i mean after i wrote this book it came out really quick just out of me and I, I remember just talking to people from all different parts of my life and they were like, yeah, you were always writing and you always had a journal. And then my mother actually brought over a trunk that had a bunch of things from my childhood and, you know, journals were in there. And I was just like, whoa, I forgot all about this. You know, um, I had, like I said, become such a workaholic and you know, focused on being the mother and the best mother I could. And uh, I didn't stop to realize that that was something that was really important to me. Um, 
and I and I honestly didn't realize how much it affected my my choices in life and how it helped me to maintain a balance that that gave me a healthier lifestyle. Mm-hmm. When did you make the transition of I'm writing for me versus I want to share that writing with other people? And were you afraid of that? I don't know that I'm afraid of very many things. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like, um, I've thought about that so many different times. And like, what am I afraid of? I can, you know, I, I don't kill a spider. Like, I'll take it outside. But like, I don't need somebody to do that for me. Like, I've just never been that person. Oh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I totally do. I'm that person. I'm like, I will go screaming. Actually, it's funny. Um snakes spiders creepy crawly things yeah I'll, I'll scream like a little girl and just go tearing out of a room so i'm go you <laughs> so i will i will say there is one thing that did get me on top of the couch panicking like no nothing else and that was um just to make you feel better about having that <laughs> Um, we had mice from the neighbors at one point in time and thank the Lord for my cat because she is like on a day-to-day basis she's like the princess of the castle but this girl was not playing you invaded her territory (laughs) and she handled it (laughs) so but oh my lord yeah I had that was like something that kind of came up and helped me realize that we we have like things from our childhood that that traumatize us mm-hmm. and so mice were one of them so I was able to get over that so that was kind of cool but um you have hope you give me hope saying that <laughs> it's, I remember so the the creepy crawly like snake thing I know exactly the moment that I was traumatized and like scared of snakes from when I was a kid and mm-hmm. so um the uh the fact that you've been able to overcome gives me hope maybe someday probably not I don't really have any interest in in friending snakes but um, you never know I guess <laughs> you know if you don't have a cat maybe you need a cat <laughs> maybe, maybe I actually we do we have a dog we have two cats um yeah so they protect you from the creepy crawlies oh good good to know I'll, I will thank my cats today <laughs> um so your book so kingdom of grace is a children young adult book yes, yes it is yes. um tell us like did you was it just a natural like I'm gonna write a book for kids no (laughs) honestly no (laughs) so um I I just it just was this story that had to come out of me so I just started writing and as I began writing I honestly thought it was going to be a novel and there are bits and pieces of the original drafting that will be a novel um and then there's it just I started having to pull it apart and 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 get down to it to decide like what what is this what what does this look like and as I started to more formally outline for one book because there was just so much pouring out of me that it became like six different things 
Mm -hmm. And so Kingdom of Grace ended up being the first of the the um outlines material coming forth. And nice. Yeah, so there is a, there's a follow-up book that'll be out by this winter um to Kingdom of Grace and it's going to be entitled um uh Danilo's Kingdom and that's the second kingdom that that is talked about in the book and there is many others and including the the novel which I have no idea when when I will put that out to be honest with you because there's just so many other things going on but yeah what do you think is the most important message for kids to learn and what do you say to parents because you know parents want their kids to read <laughs> you know I remember you know as my kids are growing up right like I need you to read a book I want it to be a good book I want it to be a good message so how how do you position your book for parents so that it gets their kids interested and then what do you want your kids the, the kids that are reading it to take away so I talk a lot about that um on on different interviews and everything about how I think it's extremely important that not only do we get our kids to read but that we know what they're reading and talk with them about what they're reading um i know there's like a whole lot of like banning books and and whatnot and i have my my very strong opinions on that <laughs> but um feel free to share <laughs> i really feel like it's important that we discuss how kids are perceiving things because we're not giving them credit for what they see in the world like they see more than we we think they see and and not only that they may have a completely different perspective than what we see it as and we might learn something mm -hmm. we also might need to guide them in a way that is more appropriate for what they see in society you know um our, our our society is really kind of chaotic right now and so i think communicating with our children is so pivotal to their future i think you hit on some really important things right because i, I think about social media and younger and younger it seems there's more kids on social media with phones and and they're in it and that can give them a very jaded sense of what the world looks like and if we don't have that conversation and it it happens through books too like the material they're they're like little sponges mm -hmm. they're taking everything in but that doesn't necessarily mean they're processing and understanding it fully right and as parents, it's our job to make sure that we guide them in the best way that we can. Right. Um, and I, I think having those conversations, well, I mean, you have to have those conversations. Like, are they understanding, like there's the educational side of it, right? Like, are they getting it? Do they understand what they're reading? But then what's the bigger picture of that? Can they, can they take that and then extrapolate more meaning to the world from that right and yeah and you bring up a great point like social media 
a book being created is somewhat the same. Like you see the end product, you see the portions of which someone wanted you to see. You don't see all the other things that were going on behind the scenes. Um, and so it's important that, that children know that there's always more to the story. And that's why I actually left the book open-ended and left people with a cliffhanger because I, I didn't want to write a, a fairy tale that was typical to, oh, well, this woman, she went out and she found a prince and now everything's all hunky-dory and <laughs> they live happily ever after. I'm sorry, that's not real life. Like, <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> and you may find your prince and you may get married and, and venture off and have your honeymoon and everything is hunky-dory. But then, you know, there's more to the story. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that as children, we really, you know, we were taught that, you know, that was kind of the end and, and what were you supposed to do after that um I wanted somebody to tell me darn it <laughs> yeah nobody will and nobody will <laughs> so I'm gonna you know <laughs> that's that's kind of my take on it it's like fine I'm going to to uh, not tell people what happens after because everybody's so different and everybody's gonna make a different choice and decisions in between um, the people that are in the relationship are the ones that have to make those decisions. But those are the kind of conversations that I think should be had with kids when they're growing up so that they can be more prepared for healthy, happy relationships. How and, much is, oh, go ahead. And not, you know, watching our, our divorce rate skyrocket and, and people acting as if like, oh marriage is not even important anymore or anything like that like I have a whole lot of opinions <laughs> <laughs> that's good how much do you think the world or how different do you think the world would look if we started listening to kids more and honoring their opinion and really listening I think it's although it can be difficult at times because you have to understand my son is going to be 18 this summer. <laughs> so I, I believe, um, and I'm, I, and I'm hoping that he does as well, that we have a very wonderful, uh, way of communicating. And we also have, have had a, um, understanding of sometimes we have to agree to disagree and walk away because he's at this point now where, He's making his own life decisions for his independence and, and, and to be an adult because he's, he's nearly an adult. So um, I think that the way that we have navigated his childhood has, has played a huge part in that. And there's been a lot of things that I've done wrong and, you know, like any parent, I mean, we're never going to be perfect, but I think that also if I would have, I, I have now learned by communicating with him as a teenager that I didn't always hear him when he was a child. I just didn't. I, I was busy working. I was, I'm a single mom. I've always been a single mom. Um, 
these 17 years ever, you know, it was just me and him. So I think that things could have went better at different points in time. And, you know, I have to live with that. And I am so grateful to have a child who is willing to have conversations with me, even still to this day, knowing that I <laughs> I've been human and made mistakes and accepted that. And I think I wasn't really, uh, I didn't really get that, that my parents were just human beings and they weren't like my heroes and, and supposed to, you know, slay dragons for me my whole life. Like I, I didn't recognize that they were in perfect people until I was entirely well into my adulthood mm -hmm. so um I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing but I think it's an honest thing it is and it's a very real statement like we could we could um I mean okay it's great if your parents are your heroes but like they're people but then they make mistakes and right accepting that's an acceptance moment like yeah they, are, and, they can fall and and people they're you're gonna people are gonna disappoint you from time to time because that's just reality yeah you know nobody's perfect everyone makes mistakes we need to learn to forgive and try to forget and move forward and but another reason why it's so important to have these conversations with our kids is because they need to know when to pull back from relationships that are toxic and that are going to take them down with mm. yeah and They're, that's really when important. to set the boundary. it's okay to set that boundary yes yeah i i am all about forgiveness and and loving others and absolutely but sometimes and i've and i've spoken this to kids all over the place sometimes it's okay to love from afar mm. you can still love them just love them from back here mm -hmm. and let them go and do what they're gonna do if you've spoken your truth or whatever and you're just not aligned with what's going on with them and you see the path that they're going down and that's not the path that you want then you need to stay away from it yeah that's an important call out. It's an, I think for adults too, <laughs> right? um, it's a very, it's a hard lesson. That is something actually, you know, for me that I've, I've learned in the last 18 months or so. Um, it's for kids, but it's also for adults. It's okay to let them go be who they, you need to be you, yes. but you got to let them be them. And sometimes that doesn't mean you end up in the same place right and it can be so heartbreaking oh it's so heartbreaking <laughs> it can it's i mean once the heart's involved that's it's very difficult to to leave that but at the same time it's sometimes the healthiest decision that you have to make oh yeah it's so hard um I want to pause for a quick second because I want to make sure that we tell people where to find Kingdom of Grace. Okay. So where do we find it? <laughs> uh, 
So you can go to Barnes and Nobles, who I love telling about. Um, and it's on Amazon, it's on iTunes, it's on uh, Google Play. Uh, you can also find it in several of Northern California and Southern California um, bookstores across the way. Um, I am actually moving out of state, so more to come. Um, and yeah, I mean, anyone can actually order it through their bookstore if you have a local bookstore that you'd like to, to support. Um, I'm all for that, for, you know, doing that for local businesses. And uh, as well as the purchase of the book, part, um, a percentage of the royalties I give back into the community resources that I've um, either worked with in the past or know of um, throughout my mental health advocacy. So, yeah. Nice. All right, we'll make sure we put links in the show notes uh, so people can find the book. Where are you moving to? Texas. Whoa, that's di quite different from California. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tell me about it. So my son is, is he says he was born a Texan and I'm like, well, no, you weren't because we were both born here. In <laughs> um, but yeah, um, he's, he wears a cowboy hat and wants to ride a horse and that's his dream. And so we're going to go out there and make it happen. That's amazing. And you're, yeah. you're, you said you're moving in like a couple days from our recording now. So are you scared? Are you nervous? Are you like stressed out? Um, I have my moments of like, oh, I got there's so much to do. Um, but I but I also feel really confident in, you know, we've gotten a lot done. Like the, the house is almost all the way packed up. Um, every, everything is just falling into place. Sometimes at the very last second, <laughs> but it's still falling into place. And so I'm like, okay, God, you, you know, you're, you're making a way. And I'm just, I'm just being obedient and doing what I'm told. Like, mm. You are so in the flow and like surrender and accept and move forward. And how do you do that? Wow. That's a big question. I know. It's, yeah. Well, and the, it could get really deep as far as, um, as far as faith is concerned. I, I, I have a stronger relationship with God than I've ever had in my life currently. And part of that is stems from being extremely devastated by the church and, um, and having to learn how to uh, not be afraid to be close to people in churches or or in religions or anything of that nature anymore mm -hmm. and and learn how to trust to a degree but never trust anybody further than having god first mm -hmm. and you know like i i talk to people and i have wonderful friends 
that I've been able to meet from all different walks of life and all different religions and backgrounds and cultures and whatever. And I treat them all the same. And they all treat me the same because ultimately we're all the same. And it, it took a long time to kind of wrap my head around not, uh, not being angry for being pushed out of what I thought was God's community. Uh, mm. I had actually been shunned um, from my formal, former faith. And to this day, there are numerous people who will not even look my way if we walked into the same grocery store um, because that is what they're taught. And to know that you're being like, I don't know, like, I don't even know how to explain it. it it's, it's just very hurtful mm-hmm. it, and psychologically damaging. And the sad part to me is that they don't recognize that they're creating mental illness. Mm-hmm they think they're doing the right thing and so it took a really long time not only to heal from that but to accept that you know people are imperfect and they're living the life they feel is the healthiest for them um because they are serving god and they're doing wonderful things you know like and they're abiding by bible principles for the most part you know like uh, but we also have to live in a society that and know how to navigate society in a way that allows uh, the the communication and the um, and the knowledge that not everybody is like you and and so you don't just cut that out you, you know by completely cutting that out you're you're missing opportunities you're missing what god might want to be showing you that is huge um especially because as you said and i agree the world's chaotic um but i think that it makes it even more important for us as parents to guide and direct and be involved so that it helps our kids open their minds Mm -hmm. and it also helps us to open our own minds when we sit back and just can really listen and understand like not listen to change because i don't think it's always about that Mm -hmm. um letting them be them allowing them to have an opinion and really seeking to understand you know really good point it's not always about listening to change because yeah. you always want to change their mind. Like, like, like I was saying earlier, you might, we, you know, like as parents, we might go, well, I didn't even think about it that way. And they might change our mind, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think as a parent, that's something that I did not do enough. If I look, cause my kids, my youngest just turned 17 a couple of days ago, which sounds crazy. It feels crazy. <laughs> um, but oh uh, it's something that like, I didn't think about, right. I think 
um, it's easy to go, well, I'm the parent and I know better. I know what's best for you. Yeah. Forgetting that they're kids and people. And sometimes you have to accept that they know what's best for them and trust mm -hmm. that and let them make their own mistakes. I mean, obviously to a degree, because, you know, we're parents and right. But at the same time, that's part of the growing process. They're not going to learn if we don't give them opportunities to learn. I agree. Yeah. And, you know, your, your statement about like being in the flow of things and just the acceptance and whatever. If we allow our kids, like when they're younger to, to continue, they're naturally that way. Mm -hmm. Oh, have, yeah. I mean, if we go back to when we were really young, like my, my friends that I had at school, it was like, hi, do you want to be friends? Okay, cool. Let's go, you know, and, and off we went, like, and we were just friends. Like it's, it was so easy to just be in that flow. It's not until we start getting hold of it, you know? So if we allowed, yeah, our kids to just kind of maintain that and, and recognize, oh, maybe I'm a little jaded right now um, in my view of what you're saying or, or thinking because of what has occurred in my life over time, you know, because of all this experience. So it could be a good thing or it could be a bad thing. You know, I learned that I do not want to, you know, hammer my finger because I washed somebody else like <laughs> a lot of pain over it yep. you might not have saw that yet let me explain you know <laughs> right but, but um but if they're not doing something like detrimental like trying to hammer their finger then I think you're you know just let them be <laughs> yeah yeah um but I think that brings it back to the whole being involved right because it we're laughing about the using a hammer to hit your finger but like there's probably youtube videos about this <laughs> you know you gotta right? know like what what there's some crazy stuff out there <laughs> I, I mean there's i i could name the shows but i don't know if we're allowed to do that like call them out on it but like there's a lot of especially guys what is it with you guys i swear um that make their living doing crazy stuff stupid stuff like you guys you know you're doing stupid stuff so don't get mad at me for what that. do you think it is that we get attracted to because they are making a living by doing some stupid things and i'm like one <laughs> why are we attracted to watching this <laughs> that people like I, and then i i think about the sponsorship opportunities from that right and i'm like what sponsor like that's a great idea. Let's sink our money. No offense, right? Everybody's got a platform, but like, right. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I, because drama sells. Drama yeah. sells. And, and the, <laughs> the people with the money know this. And, and it's a great, it's great marketing. They, they do a wonderful job. Like, and, and it's just, it's really, it, you have to be able to laugh at it um but know that like they do a lot of work too you know what i mean like it's not like they just like went off and did something stupid recorded it one day and and now they're you know billionaires or whatever like there's a lot of work that goes into these shows you yeah. know 
show itself. So I, I give them a lot of credit, but it's just like, do you realize the eyes that are watching this don't recognize all the work that goes into it? Just like when a kid reads a book, they don't know that that freaking author spent two years putting that thing together, working with other people and, you know, like, mm -hmm. <laughs> they don't, and, and they shouldn't, they shouldn't know all that back stuff because the background noise is, is for the creators, not for the person on the other side that's supposed to enjoy the final result. Yeah. It's, it's an important call out because um, that process of putting that package together can be a messy unfolding. Mm -hmm. But you don't, we, we can talk about it, but that's not what you want, especially for a kid's book. Like you want, there's that magic of like, I'm picking up, the, I remember reading as a kid and like, oh my God, I loved, I just loved books as a kid personally. And like, it was like opening a whole new world every yeah. time. And and escaping yeah yeah i didn't want to i wouldn't want anybody to ruin that for me you know right. what right. were some of your favorite books as a kid oh wow um so the it's funny because i was really young the first novel i read was um elvis and me by priscilla presley mm. and i remember just like fantasizing that I was there like I could feel all of it I could just I could it was so amazing like she did a great job um and <laughs> I get the same I I also always got the same feeling from the book of Esther in the bible mm -hmm. um so that was when like I always go back to um and I read um, Selena, the, the first Selena book that came out because I was absolutely obsessed with her growing up. I listened to her before she was singing in English. And, you know, as soon as the movie came out, like me and my high school boyfriend went with his, you know, sisters and like, it was just this huge, it was huge. Um, so that was one that I, I really, really enjoyed. Um, but more so, I think, like, as far as children's books go, because I didn't read a lot of children's books when I was young. Mm -hmm. uh, my parents were busy working and, and things like that. So <clears throat> we didn't have the same family dynamic that I tried to instill with my son. And so I, I read a lot to my son when he was little. And one of um, one of the books that I always uh, talk about is um, "I'll Love You Forever." Oh, I love that one. It is the best. Like, and and I and I've actually seen interviews of the author now. Um, I, I've kind of come across them where he he says what I've I've always done, which is there's, there's a portion of it that you sing, you know, like you can sing it to your kid or, or they could sing it to you, whatever. Um, and so to this day, like I can still like get a little vibe from my, <laughs> my side, I'm like, you know, sing it in a tune. Um, 
yeah so that's that's really I have like a nostalgic feeling over that one do you feel like uh there's a difference between audiobook to written word and like we talk about crazy chaos society right but like there's also a shift in how people read and yeah. how does that change a person especially when we talk about kids books right because mm -hmm. i think about the shift from a, a traditional novel to now like graphic novels and how you read them is different um and maybe it's just part of the conversation and what we can offer kids right there's different types of writing different types of books how do you feel about that shift so i like anything in technology i think there's good and bad um i was fortunate and unfortunate enough to have uh been a part of the medical uh, electronic electronic medical records uh, we went when when that was happening i was actually on a team of people who helped in healthcare to to move that forward in technology and um you know the benefits i the benefits of that were like there was going to be less deaths based off of you know incorrect reading of di uh, of doses of medications and i mean there's just like so many good things that were going to come about from it but then there were also downsides of like okay that meant that um people were going to be more robotic and how often they needed to see patients and then we kind of lose that humanity side of things and um people weren't looking in each other's eyes anymore because your your device is there now so as far as books are concerned i see it as do i want someone else's voice in my head or to allow whatever voice you know, like tone of voice comes from me reading it. Um, but then if I'm on the go and I'm in the car and, you know, I've got, like, I'm back in school again. So if I've got like so many chapters that I need to read and I also need to hop around, you know, all over the place, having an audio book, read to me my my textbook is amazing like mm -hmm. it's so useful so in that regard like you know like there's good and there's bad like it i think it really depends on the genre i think it depends on how much relaxation you're attempting to get out of it or is it just information and then if you are if you are trying to multitask are you really getting the information Mm, that's a big one, right? Especially as like, I know I, I love audiobooks too, but like at the same time, it's easy to get distracted. Right. So how much have I missed in the story? Right. Um, it, it's, it, it's an, an interesting conversation because there's different types of learners. Everybody has their different way. So it's nice that we do have options. But at the same time, I think about my experience of reading as a kid and think about is that lost 
with the new technology? Does it do, do kids today lose something because of that? And, and really does it matter? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe not. And you know, I think I think there's something to be said for maybe an ebook. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like it, it that's kind of like the halfway mark, right? Like yeah. <laughs> um, because I see more and more that, you know, kids kids have iPads in their hands all the time now at super young ages. Mm -hmm. um, so they can hyper focus on it. They can look, and I think that's that's a, a huge part in writing children's books is you have to make sure that your illustrations continue to capture not only the child's um uh focus but it's telling part of the story in the image itself mm -hmm. so um so that they don't get lost um and it walks them through the, the storyline mm -hmm. and so i think I think ebooks, even if it was audio, you know, I think as long as the illustrations kind of match up well with everything and it flows, then I think they'll, they'll be okay in that regard. But do you not want to take the time and, you know, sit next to your kid and read along or, you know? Yeah, there's a whole social aspect yeah. that I think can get lost because of the technology. Yeah. And like you mentioned, the human side, even in medicine with because of technology, it we're by human being human, we are social creatures by nature. And that's the one part of technology that I, I feel like, I mean, it's nice because I think about you and I, right? We're connecting through this technology and it's great. But at the same time, I think about interacting with people that are involved in my everyday life, you know, friends, coworkers, and like, I don't know, I think about when we went through COVID, it was hard to not be with people. Right. Um, and so when you take that to reading, those are moments that shape your kid's life. Yeah. You know, they're taking the time to like, yeah, I mean, there's just this connection and it's important. You're shaping their life. They're shaping you. And when you discuss the book, it just brings, it's all good things, <laughs> all good things. Um, I want to touch real quick on your blog. Um, what, tell us your website. It's uh, entitled my legacy for Christopher and at dot com and it's uh, through wordpress mm -hmm. um, i write about all kinds of things um sometimes i just post poems um i i talk a lot about what i see in society today and uh, the same as as writing you know for children i really i just want to open up conversation not necessarily for you to have with me or to have with another individual but maybe just for yourself you know like ask yourself these questions like how do i really feel about this and and where do i stand on it and do i need to care you know yeah <laughs> you know sometimes it's not a priority. So if 
if it's not, then you just move on to the next one. <laughs> yep. Yep. I love your blog. I love your writing style. I think you're touching on some really important topics. Um, we'll make sure that the link to the site is in the show notes as well as to the, the book itself. Mm -hmm. Um, social media, can people reach out? Um, tell uh, us how we contact you. I am on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I, I don't go on Twitter very often, but I am there. Um, but I'm regularly posting on Instagram and Facebook. Awesome. Kimberly, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It was fun. Guys, make sure to check out A Kingdom of Grace. Um, like I said, we'll put all the links to the show notes. Uh, connect with Kimberly. Um, and please come back as the things uh, that you were mentioning before, like the next, the next installment unfolds please keep us posted we'll be happy to share it out will do all right guys we're gonna wrap up like we do other episodes remember you are never stuck you are never lost and you are never alone at any given moment you can use your power to pivot make a new choice and start again and i will see everybody on the next episode take care guys Hey guys, it's Liz here from March 4th Media Company. One of the biggest lessons I have ever learned is it is difficult to get what you truly want when you're defining life and your standards by everyone else's definitions. That got me nowhere. I spent so much time, effort, and energy looking around me for answers that I forgot that I had everything I needed right inside of me. What I did lack was a guide to find my way to those answers. And that is exactly what I'm offering you in my new workbook, Connect You, A Guide to Your Authentic Life. This is a workbook that I have written to provide you with a roadmap to connect you with the innermost pieces that make you unique, authentic, and amazing, helping you to tap into the power and possibility within you. It's filled with lessons, activities, content, meditations that are going to guide you to help you learn how to honor your own definitions of success, set boundaries and goals that feel really good to you, and understand your intuition and how to trust it. Take the trip. Connect You, a guide to your authentic life is available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, or reach out to me online on Instagram, Facebook, or over at MarchForthMediaCompany.com to grab your copy. Thank you so, so much to author Kimberly Wilkerson for joining us today on the Power to Pivot podcast. Now be sure to head on over to Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com and pick up a copy of Kingdom of Grace today. Uh, read it with your kids. It is uh, an amazing tale of spiritual awakening, and I can't wait to hear what everybody thinks. So be sure to share with us. Be sure to share the book with your friends, and I will make sure that we put the links for Kimberly's social media in the show notes so you can connect with her. I'm sure she would love to hear from you as well and uh, talk about your thoughts about the book. Um, also, be sure to check out Kimberly's blog, A Legacy for Christopher. I'm going to put that link in the show notes as well. It is She talks about all different topics about life, not just about her book, um, but her view on the world. And I, I just love her writing style. I love what she's sharing over there. Um, make sure to check it out.
All right, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I will chat with you on the next episode. Take care, everybody.